Welcome to episode number 71, Miguel's Riverside Barbershop. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. All right, you are now tuned in to the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I am here with Gabe, Manny, Heck, Yo. and Goose. What up? Miguel's Riverside Barbershop. Guys, we are here whoop, live whoop. on site. Uh, my brother Miguel is part of the crew. He just opened a brand new barbershop, kind of a upgrade kind of thing. And we're here in celebration in the new shop, the new business. And uh, so this entire episode is actually dedicated uh, to Miguel's Riverside Barbershop. In this episode, we have special guest, member of the crew, and our own personal barber, Miguel A. Velez III. The crew discusses topics that range from beards, hairstyles, barber competitions, the barbershop atmosphere, small business, and fashion. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Tom Hopkins and Damon John. All right, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Again, episode 71, we're kicking things off with the definition of barber from dictionary.com. And they define it as a person whose occupation is to cut and dress the hair of customers, especially men, and to shave or trim the beard. Um, I like the word dress, (laughs) dress that hair. Um, That's interesting. Um, how, how do you like that definition as a barber? I don't, I don't know. We're not dressing nothing. Would you? Uh, so that doesn't <laughs> make you feel comfortable dressing hair. Well, do you define it? But as that is else? a term that's always used. Hairdresser, hairdresser, right? Yeah. Yeah, but he's a barber. But I'm chopping hair down. The only thing you're dressing is as is if you're putting like product, product. in your hair. That's dressing okay. the hair. I guess mm. that makes sense. Oh, I get it. Now I got it. Dropping knowledge. All right, so we are here again at 105 Market Street, Bristol, PA, 19007, miguelsriversidebarbershop.com. Make your appointment. Uh, let's start it off, dude. Tell us a little bit about yourself and a brief timeline of your barbering career. So as you guys all know, my name is Miguel Angel Velez III, um, a.k.a. Goose, which was Goose. a nickname they created in my first barbershop that I ever worked at. Nice. Um... So I've been cutting hair. I've been trying to cut hair since I was 15. I uh, started trial and error with my brothers. Um, Dick me up yep. time. I have a half a ear because of him. Yeah. We're, so <laughs> we've uh, there's three boys in the in the, in the family, and um, we always like I don't know, I know I always like to be fresh, and one of my sideburns like cleaned up and shaped up and stuff, and um, our our. Our parents couldn't afford us to have haircuts as often as we wanted. So I remember my mom had a pair of clippers from Kmart in the house. And um, <laughs> yeah. what, Do you remember what brand they were? Oyster. Th- they were Conair. No, they were a pair of Conairs. Oh. I do remember. And um, I remember just shaping up my own sideburns, cleaning clean it up, shaping it up. I think it was, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was like an Easter or Christmas. It was like an event before we were going to go to church. Some Christian holiday. Yeah, it was something before we were going to church, and I remember just my hair was like out of whack, and I was frustrated because I couldn't like brush it, comb it, and no gel held it in place. Yeah. Getting these clippers and trimming up my sideburns and whatever, and I looked at it, I'm like, went to church, and came home, I'm like, wow, I did a decent job. Yeah. A couple of days later, I'm like, heck, yeah, let me clean up your sideburns. Nicked them all up. And just kind of... <laughs> Shave the side of his head. No, yeah, I actually, just, he ended up doing my beard. No, so then, no, not yet. <laughs> Heck was 14. Not yet then, but, yeah, so then I just started, I don't know, I'm like, it went from, like, just chilling up his sideburns to, like, cleaning up his neck. Yeah. Like, little fading and tapering yeah, and whatever. Yeah, his back hair was connected to his neck. I had a scarf all so, year long. So, yeah, so I just started <laughs> messing around, then doing brothers, cousins, just learning how in, in... The Puerto Rican culture, there's different types of textures yeah. of ha- textured hair. So you could have yeah, we like, got it all. You have the smoothest hair, you have the curliest hair, you can have the nappiest hair, you can have. So I actually learned from everything, all like all grounds of hair. Um, and then you start going on from there. Then all of a sudden, my friends started seeing that I was cutting hair. They're like, "Oh, can you cut me off?" I'm like, "All right, yeah, just come to the house, do it on the porch." And then it just kept growing from there. And I was like. 16, 17 years old, just kept cutting hair. Um, finally, when I was 18, I got uh, a phone call from a barber shop 
in the local area. Um, he asked me if I want to do an apprenticeship with him. Hmm. I, I so the I, buzz around town was going. Yeah, every, every, yeah, I was cutting a lot of people around at this point, friends, family, um, just mainly in the local area. So uh, this owner, I guess, his business was kind of going down a little bit. Um, and he wanted like some young blood in there. He wanted a young guy. Yeah. And uh, he called me and was like, um, I can uh, teach you how to cut hair. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I kind of had the idea. He's like, no, I can give you an apprenticeship and you can learn how to cut hair and get your license. Dang. So I went on. I did it um, in 1999. Started working at a barbershop, doing an apprenticeship. And then, honestly, from there, that's the, it was history. It just, just blew up. Just started cutting hair. He put me, he just kept emphasizing every person that walked into the shop, go to him, go to him. I was promoting myself. My brothers were promoting my family, my cousins. Everyone was promoting me. And honestly, it just got like to a point where it was overwhelming. Like yeah. I had like a two hour wait for haircuts on, on a daily. Um, and then that's just kind of where it went. And I finally hit a, um, a point where I, I, everyone was like, oh, I'll, Listen, you should open up your own barbershop. And I'm like, oh, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for the headache. Because honestly, I, I, was, I wasn't technically called the manager of the shop, but I yeah. was pretty much doing the managing of the shop. Right. Running the business end, doing all the run around and cutting hair. Um, finally, I got an opportunity from, uh, I grew up in Bristol Borough, so I got a uh, a local, like one of my old teachers in the high school that had, he owned property and he owned the, uh, one of the, the businesses on his property was a barbershop. That we went to as kids. That we all exactly went to as kids. And it was a gentleman by the name of Joe Cattoon, Joseph Cattoon, who had passed away, 94 years old. He was still cutting hair to, crazy. to, the, to the end. And uh, he finally passed away. And um, the barbershop that he worked at was there since 1923. Hmm. Wow. So I was a local guy. So the owner of the building got a hold of me and wanted me to keep the legacy going of that, that specific piece. So I was, honestly, I was nervous. Yeah. Dude, going from just cutting hair and not worrying about anything to becoming a business owner, that's a big jump. Yeah, for sure. It's huge. It was something I wasn't ready for financially, mentally. Like it just wasn't anything. And, um, I just remember going to my dad. I was like, Pop, I got this opportunity. Like, this guy came to me. He was like, do you want to open up your own shop? It wasn't big. It was just like, at the time, it was only a two-man chair shop. I'm like, should we do it? He's like, he looked at me like I was crazy. He's like, try it. Do it. If this is what you want to do, this is your dream, this is what you're eventually going to do, and it probably came sooner than what you thought, just do it. The worst that can happen is like, it doesn't fall through the way you want it to, and you can always fall back in your own spot at your right. old barbershop. So I remember just like, I'm like, all right, let's just do this. And he, he looked at me and he said, let's do it. So I signed the, the contract or the, the lease for the building, and it took like three months for us to get the building to like kind of up to par. It was very, very outdated. Yeah. And um, me and Pop and the help of everyone else, family, um, got the shop going. And... uh. In my mind, I was going to get this business going by myself. Right. So um, the, second, the second the shop opened, I had one of my uh, old uh, coworkers needed a job. So I'm like, yeah, just jump aboard with me. So it'll be better. It'll be easier. We had the same clientele. We had the same type of people. We, we draw the same, like, we had the same style and cutting hair. Come with me. Um, so it was just two of us. And... The second we opened, we were just busy. We were just, like, busy and overflowing with, with customers. And and uh, finally, it was, like, I I, like the, I remember, like, the first month, I'm looking outside of the shop, and it's, like, I see the sign that says Miguel's Riverside Barbershop. Yeah. And the shop is full of people, and I'm just standing outside by myself. I'm, like, that's my name. <laughs> yeah, Like, yeah. that's me. People are here for me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it's Miguel's Riverside Barbershop. Like I, I just it, it, it wouldn't. It didn't sink in until like months later. Yeah. Like, and I'm looking, and I walk in. I'm looking at the people, and they're just sitting there, just waiting for a haircut. Like, the feeling to know that like these people like have this like trust in me, and like have this like, they know I can do. Like, 
I don't know. I can't explain it. It was like the support they also had in me. Yeah, it, right. It's like it's it, it's crazy. Like I didn't think I had this much of a following. Yeah. I just thought people just wanted haircuts, and that's how long it took, and whatever. But to to see that all these people came from another town to follow me and find where yeah. I'm at was like freaking. I don't know, it's like crazy. It's bananas to me. So I um obviously I hired another employee, which was at the shops max three three barbers. So we we kind of just did our thing. We worked in day in day out, five days a week. I, I'd be there ten, eleven, twelve hours a day. Um, and then finally, I realized I'm like, yo, I I outgrew this little space. Yeah. Um, my next step is to to expand, to get other barbers, to get more. More, um, more income, like to generate more income, which whether it would be with merchandise, uh, different, different types of, um, products and whatever. Yeah. And yeah you want um, to grow. You're going beyond the point of, all right, and we're done cutting hair, not done cutting hair. The cutting hair part, we pretty much have down packed. Now we need to expand mm-hmm. in a, you know, space yeah. wise and products. Yeah. So it, it, so I, I got the, um, the space next door was available, so I, <clears throat> I jumped on it. I got the space next door. I ran it out. I signed the lease for the space next door, and then I like realized I went kind of a little in over my head. Like I kind of yeah. bit more than I could chew. Yeah. And uh, so I got the space, but was never able to actually open it financially. So your plan was to expand, expand it, like break down the double, walls. Yeah, in sense, double in size. Right. So get the space next door, double in size, make like get a cutout of the wall, break down the wall and make the, the, the building double in size. Right. Well, financially, I hit like a plateau, so I couldn't actually do it. I couldn't like, I was stuck. Um, then uh, I honestly held on to the space for like a couple of years, more than I should have. Right. Um, Just in kind of like hopes it would, something it, will something manifest. Would pop yeah. Up, yeah. So, um, to be honest, there, so this town that I have my business in, Bristol Borough, is, is an old, like, historical town. Right. It's, it's, it was like the, honestly, back in the day, it was a town to come to. It was like the town to be at. And um, it kind of like, in the early 90s, it hit, like, a downfall where all the stores shut down, all the mom and pop stores shut down. Yeah. And uh, everyone started going to the malls. Malls were like popping. So yeah. everyone was going to That's the right. malls. Malls started opening up all like those hair cutteries and like yeah. easy. So this whole town kind of just like fell down in a, in a way, not in a, not in a bad way, but it just kind of went and it's down, downward Yeah, like it didn't, hit, it wasn't like devastated, but yeah, no, business, just, business was being taken elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, so now we're in like 2017, and what's a lot of people? What, what's appealing to people is like everyone wants to go retro. Everyone wants yeah. to go back into sure. to time and bring it back, like yeah. history, bring it back. So um, our town, Bristol Borough, actually won this um, contest, which was uh, nominated the uh, best small town in America. Right. So in winning that, the town won a grant of five hundred thousand dollars to renovate the, the town any updates that the town needed and to to help small businesses like small businesses grow whatever they needed what it was the smallest things they would just push them over to the to the next level some of them were at plateaus and um honestly that my business was one of them i right. was stuck i was at a plateau yeah so i uh you had the in since bristol won each town in bristol had to submit an application. Each business. Each business in, in the in the town had to submit an application for uh, to get help, like a little piece of from this grant. So I, I filled out the application and um, my business became the top twenty. So during this top twenty, they did interviews and they were going to narrow it down to top six. Um, little did I know, I made it to the top six, and the top six, they were actually making a show on each individual six businesses. My business was one of them. Yeah, so go, just, to, just to rewind so everyone understands a little bit. So uh, the S- Main Street Small Business Revolution was a contest that I think this is the second or third year that they're second. doing it. 
And so the Main Street part comes from, they're investing in this little town, but they're actually really investing in the Main Street. So our Main Street here is Mill Street slash uh, Ratcliffe Street. So the businesses that are kind of on that L uh, part of town um, had an opportunity to apply for, you know, to be a part, part of the grant, right? And then so on and for, so forth, so exactly how you explain. So then Small Business Revolution came to you, interviewed you, you won top six, went on a whole voting thing or whatever it was. So then they're helping you. Uh, that's where we're at. They're helping you with your yeah, business. Yeah, so they're helping me with, with my part of the business. They're trying to help me get over my plateau. The plateau, obviously, they know your business is doing well. It's mm-hmm. not like falling apart. It's not. So they, they came and they, I sat down with, um, with uh, Robert Herjavec. They had a, a, a team of like a lot of like financial advisors. Um, they had a lot of... Uh, web designers, people that will help me boost my business, whether it's financially, whether it's through social media, whether it's like just all those small little things, they help me uh, boost the business and taught me how to boost my business in those like avenues. Yeah, just so anyone who owns a business or has any concept of businesses, small businesses for the most part, they don't have the the you know like the the financial backing to put commercials sure. out to uh, or advertising. They, it's just ran by one or two people yeah. and don't even have the energy or the time mm-hmm. to focus on social media to sure. exactly. build a website. He's a barber. He's not you know an IT guy to build a website. And, exactly. But this is all stuff they know is vital to the era, the time that we live now. We live in this social media era, and people want to see you, your face plastered all over the place and that was one of the aspects of course they had financial advisors they had architects come in they had designers they had all kinds of stuff come in but it's all the kind of like the energy and and backing that a small business owner they want to do but sometimes they just but don't have the time or energy don't have the means to do. to do it exactly um so then that's where we are today yeah so they actually helped me out in with with, with with the business aspect of, of the shop. Of, they told me how to uh, be more efficient with cutting hair, time time consuming, and, and charge more for uh, my services. Like, Robert's like, you, you're worth more than what you charge. You're hmm. absolutely worth more than yeah. any, like, your services are. Your, your, just your presence is worth more than what you, you charge or what you give. Like, as an individual, is worth something. Yeah. Whether and, you realize it or not. And people aren't and people trust you enough to not they know you're not ripping them off. Yeah, exactly. So but me, I'm just like I feel like I'm like, uh, I don't know, I don't want to charge them or yeah. they've been such a long term customer or they're my yeah. family friend. So you I'm uh, I just always want to hook someone up. Sure. So and then that's where he's like, uh uh-uh. uh. That's uh you just, business is business, family and family yeah. family and friends are that's another part. You deal with that outside of business. So I learned those different ways. Um, in the middle of doing that, I, uh, the building that I was at uh, went up for sale, and um, it sold. So there was a new, new landlord. I'm excited to meet this new landlord. I'm excited for this new partnership, trying to like, uh, get to know him. From what I hear, he's like, close to my age. So it's, I'm like, yeah, we, we can have like, this cool partnership. It's awesome, whatever. That was wrong. I, the, <laughs> the second I shook his hand, he's like... Um, I'm going to increase your rent, which was pretty much double. Um, This is what it is. Uh, If you don't like it, I can always have someone else in here. Um, This is where I can charge. Just kind of went on this rant that I was like, threw me through, like threw me for a loop. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't know what to say or do. Um, And I'm not like one of those people that are like quick and witty, know how to respond like that fast. I kind of like, I soak things in, I think about it, and then I react. So I just kind of looked at him and said, okay. And uh, he's like, yeah, just take the weekend to think about it. So I, I did so. And um, the weekend didn't end fast enough for him because I never responded to him. And I kind of gave me like the boot. Hmm. So in my industry, I know everyone. I know someone that can, I know a, a plumber. I know an electrician, I know a builder, I know a contractor, I know a realtor, I know... Because you're cutting all their hair. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I went to the someone that I knew and I trust and asked them, um, which was uh, um, an agent in the area of um, 
like a listing engineer and I asked him some questions about like rent and stuff. What what was the going rate? What was and um they told me he's like the everything's wrong. What he's saying is wrong. You're you're gonna be paying more than what you should. And I'm like, all right, well, I don't want to deal with this, so can you help me out? So in the middle of that, him and his, uh, the agent and his dad had some property they were working on, and um, which was like right around the corner from my shop, like literally like 50 steps away. Yeah. So um, I got, uh, speed up the process. I, I kind of locked in with them, and uh, I got a brand new built barbershop for way less than what my old shop was with what what the new landlord was going to charge me for my old shop hmm. so nearly triple the size so i i tripled the size of the of the space i'm paying less and everything's brand new from so customized to how you from the floor to the ceilings to everything so now i went from three chairs to five chairs yeah that's awesome. Um, I went from 300 square feet to almost 1,200 square feet, and everything just doubled in 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 size. and And this is uh, obviously we're talking kind of soon with the new space. It's only been like a week since I've been open, but business has been like going through the roof. I got I've got merchandises that I've I didn't even really fully put on on the shelves, and they're gone. They're sold out already. <laughs> like hats with my logo on it. I've had like T-shirts. I didn't even get to get a chance to put up, and they're gone. I, I not even get a chance. I didn't even still didn't even get my stock of product in yet. Yeah. And stuff is just going off the shelves. People are popping in. Everyone's. It's kind of like a a nice like atmosphere. Yeah. Everything's so room spacious now. People want to come in now. People want to bring in their family. Like I know um, one of my clients. He would he would come in and like just come in by himself, but he was always in a rush. He's like, yeah, I have to pick up my girls. I have to pick up my daughters. Um, now he came in here for the first time. He's like, I can actually bring my daughters and they can sit over there and they won't bother no one. Yeah, yeah. So um, so now like it went from just like, yeah, just cutting hair. But now in the business end, there's so much more than just like, it was just me cutting hair. Obviously, that's what I do. That's my, my talent. But trying to run the business was hard. Because yeah. at any second, someone was trying to wipe it under, from underneath you. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of it, there's other like barbershops opening around the corner, opening sure. up within the surrounding towns, surrounding area. So and um, yeah, I just I just try to stay loyal to my customers, and, ho- and hopefully they stay loyal to me. Yeah, absolutely. I try to give them an experience that keep them coming. And I, I stay on, on like educational classes. I still go to all these classes like in the area. I still learn how to cut hair. I actually some sometimes I teach how to cut hair. I um, and I just just keep myself busy in my industry. I'm locked in in the barber world. Yeah. Like in my Instagram, all you see is me. Like I, like ninety percent of the people I follow are barbers. Like and, and that's all and that's all I'm looking at. I'm studying. Mm. They have now we have like the videos and stuff on it. So I watch their they showing their techniques. I learn every mm. day. I'm look, looking at them like everyone's techniques. Everyone everyone has a different style. Sure. So I just like try to pick up from everyone, from the top barbers that I like. Yeah, and I like their style and cutting hair. So So somebody comes to to you with like a crazy, like, oh, I want this whatever fade done or everything. Like, and it's funny because I I see some people they're like, oh, I don't know if you could do this, but can you? And I'm like, I've seen that, and I watch the guy who actually in Instagram who who cut that hair. I watch him do it. Like, so it's like it kind of comes easy. You plan on posting any videos yourself to put out there? Um, like you're, the people you watch, maybe they wait, might want to watch you. So right now, I, I've been so busy with like getting doing the whole transition with the new space, trying to get all of the little things, the transferring over of stuff, and um, I'm in the middle of trying to hire like uh, three more barbers. So trying to meet up with these like these these guys, and everyone's all over the place, and my schedule is busy. Um, so I, I, I kind of want to just like get the business end going. Yeah. Then I just want to do my thing on on posting videos, showing my talent, showing off. But right now I, I got to get, I got to make the money. I got to get the shop going. I got to get like barbers in here. I got to get like, yeah. I got to get clients in here. I got to get the shop just flowing where this space I want, well, I want it to be, I want to outgrow this space eventually. Yeah. So I'm focused on that. I'm not focused on like, my style or my technique which there probably are people that like i don't know but i just if anything i want people to follow my business business uh and if how i ran the business how i'm running the business how i treat my employees how i hire people what i look for and 
and like my my style in my space. Like I like try to keep the shop clean. I don't like people hanging out here. I don't want people just coming in here, hanging out or trying to sell CDs and yeah. yo that from the poppy store. Like that's fine. Yeah. You can be in here and now I don't I don't want. I just want like a cool, clean family like atmosphere and that's what I like. That's that's what I'm like shooting for and I know. Like, I'm succeeding because I hear that from other barbers. They're like, dude, I like the way you run your shop. Yeah. I never heard anything negative from your shop. I So that's my, those are my goals. I, my thing is more on the business end. I might be like that low-key barber. Not many people probably know who I am. But come to my shop and you'll have an experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I know you, you mentioned a, a bunch of things there. So you went from, you know, following a bunch of people on social media because now we live in a different era before it was like you had to wait till like a magazine or something came out or you know some random show that they showed on mtv or something about barbara battle world or whatever they had um so now you have access to basically the world at the palm of your hand especially or more specifically to your uh industry yeah now you mentioned you've been cutting hair since roughly 15 that's 20 years of of being a barber um, what what actually keeps you passionate and keeps you going day in and day out? I mean, you had some rough patches from, you know, basically being you know micromanaged to then ha- opening up your own, struggling to open up your own shop to then basically getting I don't even know what that that that's even called kind of like um, uh, you know mishandled with you know getting the boot from the other place because. Um, two different owners had two different expectations uh, to now, again, you expanded triple the size, double the size, whatever it is to now hiring. How do you maintain, you know, the coolness of being a barber and holding that passion? But then on the back end, you're talking about the business. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes uh, to kind of keep the ship afloat. Um, So, yeah. So on, on, on the daily, what, what, what feeds like my family is actually cutting hair, physically cutting hair. I cut hair and I, to me, it's just an art form. I just have, I don't know, I just enjoy it. I'll never forget, I was like five or six years old and my grandfather, he's just got out of the shower and he's shaving and I'm watching him. He's like, looks at me, he's like, in his accent, make sure you look good and smell good all the time. Like the way he, he just, that was his thing, like look good and smell good. And to this day, my grandfather's like a G, wears like a three-piece or at least a suit on Sundays wherever he goes. And he's always like, always has his hair done. So I, and my, that was my thing growing up. I'm like, if you look good, presentable, you smell good, like you're clean, people, you'll get respect from people just on, just on a visual level. It doesn't right. even have to be like freaking, you don't have to be intelligent. You don't have to, just someone walks, you're walking down the street, they see you, like he looks like a well-put person so that was like my thing so i always that was me i always wanted to be like i always was worried about my hair was worried about my style fashion and that's like what that industry is like obviously you're doing hair but it's like fashion and um i just want to give back to other people i want them to look good at all times i want them to to like always look good they come to me and trust that i'm going to make them look good at least so that that's my goal is for everyone to have like for them to come to my shop, I cut their hair and give them exactly what they're looking for, exactly what they want, and then have them feeling like amazing. Yeah. And that's what like I, that that's what I, I like feel prideful in. And then like to see them come back. Yeah. It's not just that one haircut and then they go. It's to see them come back. I'm like they really liked what I did. Yeah, absolutely. So then I get that's the enjoyment. It's like that reoccurrence of that person coming back. So yeah. like I I do my I cut someone's hair like it's the last time because I might not see them. They might not mm-hmm. come back. But when I see them come back, it's like even you yeah, get like that, absolutely. like thrill or whatever. Um, so that's my like my passion in cutting hair. I just like I don't know. There's like different techniques. Like I say, I, I stay sharp with it with studying different like barbers and trying. Like you get excited getting try like you figure out a new technique. I just I don't know. I just want to try it. Same thing when like um, like the barber supply guy comes into the shop and it's like he has like new clippers, whatever. It's like Christmas. Every time he comes in, it's mm. like Santa Claus just walked in. Yeah. Yeah. You get excited and want to get the newest clippers or new razors or new product, if that. Um, so you just like want to try. You do anything just to try new things. That's, mm-hmm. that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me excited. And staying through social media, there's always new things popping up. Yeah. So that just keeps you going and staying on top of like the new styles, the trends. Right. Um, and like techniques on cutting hair. Um, as far as like the business end, it was just like, 
I took a long shot. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't no businessman. I wasn't educated in any of this. So I'm like, I'm going to take everything as it goes, as it, as it comes. So going through like the struggles with like, yeah, in the very beginning, financially, there was like a couple of things that I kind of lost, but I, I'm like, I have to make this work. Like I, I definitely just try. This is my passion. This is my dream. Like I got to make this work. Um, and then it, it, I success, I succeeded in those areas and then boom, I got hit with something else. Mm. overcame that and succeeded and I'm like if you take your time and do things right or if you're patient and don't overreact on things like it'll just work out like yeah. everything will work out if you're like if you get if you like surround yourself with the right people they're gonna help you if you look for the right people they're gonna help you if you like and you don't do no one wrong that's that's my thing I don't like I never try to burn bridges because later on I might need someone yeah, so that so that was like my whole thing so when when things went wrong, like I, I hardly ever ask anyone for help. I hardly ask anyone for anything. I try to do it myself. But when I do, people do help and then and it helps me overcome that little that little speed bump or mountain that I'm going through at that time. Yeah, so in in changing locations, because I feel like this is probably gonna be like the meat of the conversation as well. What was your biggest takeaway just from the experience thus far? So changing from building to building? Yeah, or just that whole thing, how it from how it happened to where you are right now. Like, what was your biggest? Let's what, what like sticks in your mind. Um, how like my heart and soul is in that building in that 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 space. Yeah, and how easy someone can take it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was told like your heart and soul can't be can't mix in with business. Yeah, business mm-hmm. is business. Like mm-hmm. things can get chopped down like within a quickness. If someone's gonna make a lot of money, they're gonna do what they gotta do. They'll they'll right. like chop your legs off if they have to. Yeah. Exactly. So I learned that. Like I had my heart and soul in something that someone didn't even care. Mm-hmm. So I learned that like I can't I can be passionate about something mm-hmm. but carry my passion onto the next space. It can't be attached to something physical. I, I was I was a, yeah, exactly. I was I was attached to like a physical space and yeah. building on top of what I was doing in there. And it was just like I had a lot, there, that building had like a lot of sentimental value sure, to yeah. me personally, yeah. to no one else, it was zero. To me, exactly. it was a lot. For them, but it was just a building that exactly. they could make money off of. Exactly, so I learned that like, you can be passionate about something, but your sentimental feelings to yeah. a, a, a specific thing can be taken away at any sure. moment in time. Absolutely. So now I have like this, I mean, I'm in the new space, I love it, it's everything that I could imagine or want, now, but like I learned now, I'm like, have my guard up like, this this could be like shut down in the next month. Mm-hmm. I know it's not gonna happen. I know it's never gonna happen in my mind. Mm-hmm. I thought that in the same space before. Sure. But um, now it's just like you're guarded in certain areas now. Like yeah. as a business as a businessman. But I think that like you said before, you're already in the mindset to kind of go with the flow and, and that at this point anyways. So. Yeah. <laughs> the first one, I mean, your old old barbershop. It was a barbershop that was obviously in town, in our hometown, uh, one that we've gone to. Uh, I just remember walking to it in summer days, getting our haircuts, us three kids. Heck, I still got somehow got like that mushroom cut. I remember that, <laughs> bowl. that weird bowl that mushroom mommy cut. Mommy could have done it for me. Yeah. And then obviously from you getting your first shop, so it was your, then it became, um, you already had that connection with the shop, then it became your shop, then your, our dad um, helped put that shop together too so there's a lot of connections. That's where, yeah. you know, it's tugging at your heart. But obviously the takeaway is not, you know, having that associate you have to you know separate you know your feelings from the the actual business that's a hard thing to do especially Mm -hmm. when you're actually passionate about something and then there's the history behind it all the nostalgia that goes with that yes exactly um yeah that's crazy so so give us you know what what's one thing you're going to do different here at the new shop that you didn't do well at the old shop well i know with with um just more, I want to pay attention more to like customer service. Like yeah. as people walk in, treat them, treat them well, all one by one as they come in, whether they're my client or not. Um, and um, just keep like the space, like not that my other space was like, obviously it was small and it wasn't, but just keep the space like comfortable for people. Yeah. Like yeah. just keep the keep a comfortable vibe. Like let where I can have like a mother with three boys and she can come in and have like an 80 year old gentleman come in everyone has the same vibe mm-hmm. like everyone can like that comfortable kinda, space to be in yeah just i just wanted to keep like just like the comfort level at like a plateau where it's equal to everyone from two to 82 mm-hmm. um 
because there were there were some times where where people walk in and there are some some type of people they're really hype and they're they're just all over the place and then I'll have a mom come in and these guys are like dropping like some words they shouldn't yeah. and I, I kind of would just let it slide and be like cringe and I never kind of yeah. like stood up for it never said anything um so I, I feel like that's what I, that's one thing I want to do is just kind of just like filter who comes in here sure. really for the most part make sure it's like all the right people not just I don't know, I, but I do want to cater to everyone. I just want everyone that comes in here to kind of respect me as much as I would respect yeah. them. Yeah, so so coming in here, it's like a new, fresh start, so it's easier for me to, like, to lay down the rules yeah, right absolutely. now. Yeah, exactly. So in speaking of that, I mean, you, you said that you didn't really study this and wasn't on the business side of things. Um, as a barber, you're great at cutting hair, right? How do you now set the tone for your culture? You know, because you, you do have an employee. You know, yeah. you're going to have more employees, yeah. so there's going to be a culture that needs to be built. Have you thought about how you're going, kind of to to manifest the the type of people that you want? Because it does start with you know maybe putting your foot down when a guy gets out of line. Like, yo, yeah. relax, and that puts a lot of people at at ease. You know, especially parents so, and moms that come in. Yeah. So for yeah. the first like the first two employees that I had, they were like really close friends. So <coughs> it's kind of hard. Sure. You know what I mean? We worked at another shop for 10 years. And there was a culture there that it was kind of set in stone. It was yeah, just who they were. Yeah. Right. So now they're, they're, they come to my space and we're like family friends and it's hard to be like, yo, don't do that or whatever. I mean, in a sense, it shouldn't be that hard. But right. then it was like, I kind of like thought they would respect like my space. It did at point, did get out of, out of, out of hand. Um, so now learning in this new space... There's, there's definitely like I'm laying down the rules right away, yeah. and I'm hiring people that I can kind of see. Now it's now I got more of like not an interview, but now it's more of like I, I I'm handpicking, hand selecting sure. people to work for me, not just anyone's coming. Oh yeah, I got a license, come work for me. I feel like that that's the whole vibe from the beginning, right? I mean, even with this new space, the builders, like they said, they already had owned this. Um, this so this whole thing with the small business revolution this wasn't from the small business revolution this just so happened to coincide all at the same time so yeah. what they're helping him do in the old shop that all went to you know to the wayside to, yeah because it, it, it totally changed locations they're too far in the recording stuff too far into the entire thing so they're still following him um, and they still helped out bit, like a little bit but this all just kind of manifested around the same time uh, just to kind of separate those two things there's kind of confusion People thought that this shop was purchased was from the small business revolution. No, yeah. It was not. It just um, happenstance. Yes. And, uh, but just going off that, going on the whole customization from basically what you have here, this entire shop was basically tailored to your needs and wants. And obviously you're applying your creativity. And when you come in here now, it's kind of like one of those things. It's kind of like when you go into, um, you know, meeting a friend's, uh, new friend or getting new friends. When you went, when we went to temple, right? We're setting the tone as to who, who are you? Mm -hmm. Or if yeah. you're, if anyone could relate, if you, you know, transfer in schools, like in high school or elementary school, when you go to that new school, it's up to you to let people know who you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's kind yeah. of this where you're kind of setting a tone of like, well, we want this kind of color scheme. We want kind of this kind of relax, um, kind of like a gentleman's feel. It's sure. very just kind of like soothing. The walls are gray. Everything's like, you know, you got artwork finally going up. It's this very cool thing, but you customized it, right? So I feel like I even see the difference now. Like you're approaching a lot of things. It's kind of like you're taking two steps back. Like, well, I'm going to think about it. Um, he's going through an actual interview process and not just like, yo, you want to come work for me? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. before you're just trying to like get things done. Realizing that, for the quality is basically we're talking about quality having like a, a real long lasting uh not only establishment just from the way these guys built this sure. this thing was literally built to last yeah um for bringing a year near near near, near. <laughs> bringing the yeah. professionalism up like a, a yeah so notches. then it almost like sets the tone even for you like if, if you came in you're like cutting out of a garage you got to think about the quality of people that are going into that. You're just yes, going to attract yeah. that frequency of person, right? I mean, that's just natural. Mm -hmm. So when you come here, you have, you're setting a kind of tone of it's like a nicer place uh, where it's almost like a luxury feel to it. Um, you, we're in uh, Bristol, Pennsylvania. 
we're 25 minutes north of Philadelphia and you feel like you're in the city while you're in this yeah. shop. It has that vibe yes. uh, to it. So when you're setting the tone, it's kind of like the same thing. You already said, you know, when people coming in, who you're hiring, when people yeah. are coming in soliciting, you're kind of setting a tone with that, you know, the, the kind of language that's being used. A, a lot of stuff that also sets the tone is the TVs. What's on TV? Yeah. Um, I've gotten the barbershops and they're watching like, you know, like Jerry Springer and stuff. Like, yeah. seriously, I know that sounds like really funny, but it kind of sets the tone as to what you want in your shop. That's the, those are the people you're going to attract. Exactly. Um, so it's very neat because it's like another phase. Um, I would say this is the middle phase of your career. Sure. I know that sounds weird because he's 20 years in, mm-hmm. but I really do feel like it's the middle because I do see him expanding and owning multiple shops. Exactly. For so fact, I, he does say, I want to I want to grow out of this this building too. Right. So whether it be here, a whole bigger space to group, house, another thing, it could be multiple different um, types of businesses within that same building, whatever yeah. too. Hey, yeah. you do, you never know. You could buy back that building. Yeah. <laughs> and one day that oh. could be like a thing. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of stuff that can go from and use it for whatever space you want it for. There are definitely like other, other than cutting hair and running a shop, there are different business avenues I want to take, but I just want to master this one first. Sure. All right, so let, let's kind of change gears here. Two things. You have a website, miguelsriversidebarbershop.com, and the app, Miguel's Riverside Barbershop. I know tech stuff is not your thing, but what made you go with these entities? Um, and then also kind of talk about walk-ins and appointments, walk-ins versus appointments only. All right, so first we started doing walk-ins at the shop. And like I said, we would have like a two-hour wait. Yeah. And it, it would get ridiculous. It would get frustrating for me and... And the other barbers, you're like so, so backed up. We close at like six. We're not done till nine o'clock at night. Yeah. So we had to think of something. So we're like, all right, let's do. Uh, let's start doing appointments. So we started doing appointments. Now our time is being consumed on the phone. People are calling. Yo, can I set an appointment? We have our little book, our agenda book, and we're writing stuff down. Yeah. So we're taking like two, three minutes away from the haircut. Right. Which they're booked for like a half hour, and you take two phone calls in that half hour, you're already like five, ten minutes behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, dude, I need something that's going to be, like, efficient. Something that I, like, I can't, like, waste time on or take away time from my client that's in the chair. Right. Obviously. Especially if you're trying to give them that experience. Yes. Exactly. 100% all me, yeah. So I, um, so I came across, I I saw a couple barbers in, well, a couple barber shops in the industry. They were doing, they created their own app. So I'm like, let me see if I can do my... Create an app. I can get my own app, Miguel's Riverside Barbershop, and let the app do its thing. Let it yeah. be my secretary. Let yeah. it do my appointments. Let it, let it, let's, you can set your appointment. Let it tell me when you have an appointment. Like it was just, so I came, I came across uh, someone who does it in, in like the Philadelphia area. And um, we linked up and he set it up for me. So I actually have Miguel's Riverside Barbershop, the app, with my logo. And, um, that's technology. That's today. Yeah. Today's yeah. app, like today is before, yeah, eight, nine years ago, it was all like www. whatever. It was a right. website. Everyone's going yeah. to a website. Now the quickest, easiest thing is download yep. an app. You always have it on your phone. You just Absolutely. click on it and it goes to that to that specific uh, thing. Um, so I created that and it just saved me so much time, so much, and it gener- generated me so much money that's like, I'm not even doing anything, and I'm yeah. getting all, uh, all these appointments where I'm like a week and a half booked out, sometimes yeah. two weeks, and I don't even know it until I go and like scroll through. I'm like, yeah. holy smokes! Like it's I got all these like all the and that normally I would it would have been taking time out of my day cutting hair. I would I would have to answer to all those people in a day. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it did it on its own. And now like kids, they're all about apps. So now I got like 14, 15 year old kids, they're, they're setting up their own appointments and, and they love it. Right. They like it. They think it's cool as hell. Still, we do get like the older gentlemen, uh, the older gentlemen and like the seniors that they're not to, to today's technology. They'll, they'll call. Sure. But I don't mind answering their, because most of the time they know in their head, they, they know they have a doctor's appointment, this, that they know yeah. their availability. Exactly. And that's it. Boom. They'll tell me and if I could do it and that's it. And so right, it's easy. They're right in their calendar. Yes. And they're right in there on their chalkboard <laughs> on their refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> and it also gives, I mean, the customer just in general, a peace of mind. They, they don't, they're coming in knowing they're going to get a haircut at a specific exactly. time. Even if it's five to 10 minutes behind, it's not sitting sure. there for two, two hours. hours. Yeah. 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 I remember used to go to a, a local one down where I used to live and it was like, I make sure I go on a Saturday morning, eight o'clock. I'll, I'll leave there at like freaking 
12 o'clock in the yeah, afternoon. Yeah. It's like, no, but it was like, that sounds right. That's, that's, that's yeah, that's yeah. what people like to, add, to just to give everybody context. Like, we would, you would literally come walk into the shop, you'd look in, and your initial reaction for me would be like, oh, three hours. Yeah, like you could gauge it almost. Like, yeah, I'd call my wife, I'd it, if I went in at you know 12, I'm like, all right, I'll be home around four. Yeah, she's <laughs> exactly. like, seriously. And I'm like, yeah, and I'd get home around 4, 4.30. And you yeah. knew, like, at that point when you didn't have appointments, you had, you had half a day there. Yeah. You were going to spend half a day. Yeah, but you were willing brutal. to do it for the haircut. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? There's times where my daughter fell asleep on me and I couldn't get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> waited two hours, and then all of a sudden she's sleeping. And I'm like, um, all right. <laughs> so coming from uh, with winning the project with the Small Business Revolution, they actually came up with a website for me. They, they, they built the website for me. Okay. Which honestly makes 100% sense. So, like, all you guys have the app. Mm. You guys found out about the app through me. Mm-hmm. I, it was word of mouth. It was whatever. But they came to me. They're like, how, do, how does the rest of the world know you about too. your app? Right. Yeah. yeah. How do they know? So, they created the website, miguelsriversidebarbershop.com. And on the website, you can obviously Google it. It's on Yelp. It's on, like, Yahoo. Mm-hmm. It's on everything. Yeah. And then through the website, it'll have link to my app or link you into set an appointment through the website okay itself. i was going to ask you can you, you so, actually work yeah so you can actually go to the website and set an appointment there too okay so you don't necessarily need the app yeah exactly okay. yeah you know, the so greatest thing is your domain name was never used yes. you know how i would yeah. be yeah. so afraid like oh man is so gonna have that? anyone that's like out of town and honestly i get it a lot with like um this local area with the with the turnpike being closed like a lot of truckers oh yeah they'll just google barbershop well, yeah. Erica, and Boom, this is the first one that pops yeah. up because it's like right in the hub of like that 95 turnpike area. Exactly. So I mean, yeah, like, you have the optics of it now too. Yeah, so and it's now it's like the website pops up and yeah. you can set it up that way and they know they know you have to make an appointment. All right, so uh, let's switch things up here. Um, let's talk about trends and, and fashion really quick. Um, can you predict or do you know how, how do hairstyles become a trend or do you do you think you know kind of where the industry's headed and um is there like a least favorite hairstyle or, or a cut you like i i kind of follow the trends off of like social media like i said earlier yeah okay they're they're the first i follow people all over the world but and is my it based off style, celebrities is it celebrities no, my, who do it or is anybody no there's there's Models? an artist have to create it and they'll put it on a celebrity which blows up okay mm. so i follow mm. a lot of these artists like I say artist, but stylist. Sure. Mm-hmm. So There's I an art to it. Obviously. Yeah, and my favorite, honestly, I like to follow like people from the UK. Like okay. I like their style of cutting hair. They're the ones that are like in my in like in my style of cutting. They're very. They use a lot of scissors. They're a lot of textured hair. It's like a lot of like, kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to say. It's very like dapperish, but still like on the rugged side. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like best of both worlds. Um, I, I like to follow like the UK, but then there's. There's obviously here in the states. There's like nothing but the best stylists like sure. around there. They they create stuff that's like you look at it. What the heck? And then like honestly, a year later, there's everyone's doing it. Sure. And it and it becomes like man, you 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 just immune to it. Yeah, you just get immune to it, and it just becomes like the culture. Yeah. All right. So how does fashion coincide with being a barber? Well, fashion the fashion's everything. Like I mean. If, if you don't have the right haircut and you, you could be suited and booted and your hair looks like ish, you know, you, you don't, you, it yeah. doesn't complete. The sure. haircut, your haircut completes your suit, your outfit, your style, your everything. A haircut completes you to the T. Like or clean or shaved or it can completely beard. upgrade you too. Or you it, could just, it, if, if you're put exactly. together, you could have just jeans and a white t-shirt and, then, and hold look on, there's, fresh. There's like, um, like I want to say like Tom Brady. He has so many multiple different hairstyles and one like if he's if he's wearing a suit, he he you can see he'll have his hair slicked back or slicked to the side and he looks so like if he's like wearing like I don't know a sweatshirt and he had his hair done in a different way that suits what he's wearing. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's there's certain people just are uh, Justin Timberlake's the same way. Like mm. there's certain people that like they change their style to what their image, what they want to look like. Right. And and it could be like within a matter of days too. It's not like I'm gonna keep this for like six months or a year. Mm-hmm. They they they're very diverse to what they're wearing. They can be very proper, or it could just be very like just chill and like casual. Hmm. Cool. Um, let's change gears again. So there's so many facets to being a barber. Um, I know you have entered in many competitions and judged several. What is the biggest difference between competing and judging? 
And uh-huh. also, once you became a judge, did you sympathize with the competitors? Um, competing is it's it's honestly it's just for fun. Like you compete, and you're just like taking a shot on like who's who you who you're cutting against. You in your mind, you can have the best haircut hairstyle, but the person next to you could be like they could have the style or cut that the judge is looking for. So briefly explain like a competition. I know there's a bunch of them. So the, in the barber industry, there's barber competitions and they have different classes. It could be like, just like a, a traditional fade. There's like a traditional fade and beard haircut. There's freestyle, which is like designs, like design work in the head. Yeah, they have, um, they have like the fastest fade. Um, there's, they have like a tag team event where there's two barbers cutting someone's head. The one on each oh. side. Um, there's like multiple different events, like in, and they're they're timed mostly like I want to say most of them go for like 45 minutes. So whatever you can complete in 45 minutes, which is like plenty of time. Mm. Um, and being a competitor, you just you just want to like obviously do your best. You want to show off your top notch work. So you yeah. want to be in the category that's your Strength. your strong. Oh, yeah, yeah, your your most strongest in. Um, but then, like I said, like I've competed in events where like the person that, that took first, second, and third, they're like educators and like around the world, and they're okay. like top barbers and stylists, and so it's like who you, it depends on who you're going against. Um, but um, like I said, it's always you should always just go in doing them for fun. Yeah, like don't fine. some people take it serious, some people like like get like out of control with it. But me personally, just go in there, is taking it, uh, doing it as fun. Um, I just started like kind of judging some uh, competitions and that's like honestly that's the hardest thing yeah cause like who am I to judge someone's haircut right mm-hmm. like I mean obviously I know what I can do I know what, but like I said my style and work and what I'm looking for could be totally different yeah, in what and most of the time there's multiple judges but what the other person could be looking for um, and it is hard it's like you're trying to critique someone's work and they're doing their best mm-hmm. and some of these things are flawless and as a judge, you're actually looking for a flaw. You. Yeah, you're really looking for something. And that's something. You're actually looking for something to, to minus down the, the score. Like, there's never a hundred. Right. Sure. It's funny because I've gone to the competitions where he, you know, he entered. And I'm just sitting there completely amazed. Again, a non-professional barber, just a spectator going in and judging. Like, wow, everything looked great to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're just sitting exactly. there like, oh, man, look what he did there. Oh, I'm like, oh, wow. You guys definitely were seeing things that sure. the, the normal eyeball. Yeah. Obviously, as you're trained professionals. Yeah, and, exactly. You don't have the eye. Well, you don't have the same eye that, that a barber or any kind of hairstylist would have. Yeah, and I, I've kind of been like side by side in the last event that I did with uh, Kenny Duncan, which is like a huge person in the barber industry. He mm-hmm. does any filmmaking that's done in like Philadelphia, he does. He cuts all their hair. Oh, wow. Okay. And he, he has uh, any education that a lot of barbers got their, their license through in Philadelphia. They went through his classes. So he's like huge. So he taught me how to judge. He taught me how to rate people. What to look for. And yeah, he told me how to grade them, how to number them, how to rate them. Okay. Like, so having someone like that side by side is like yeah, actually a plus. To have access to him is actually it's a plus. But awesome. Yeah, so I've been like learning off of him. And um, yeah, it's, 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 I don't know, being a judge is awesome because you have like that power and like you get that like credibility. Like, damn. Sure. But at the same time, it kind of does suck. You're like, criticizing like someone's like perfect artwork yeah, absolutely. yeah. um that is hard and, I, and you see the judges kind of like i remember the one uh the one competition i went to they actually recalled uh, all the all the mm-hmm. the guys who got the haircut so basically you got to bring your own person um model. to you got to bring your own model to yeah. you know cut the hair so <laughs> they um they lined them up and the judges went in the back room and were kind of like judging them and then they sent them out and they're about to give the results and then they made all the models go back in the back room because they felt that they kind of got miscalculated or somebody got hmm. cheated out. So it's like, it's definitely, and they look kind of stressed. It definitely was, uh, there's some more weight yeah, to it. Yeah, obviously you have to have like a straight face. You can't show no emotion. You can't sure. like give anything away. Like you have to, so I mean, yeah, that's, it's fun. But at the same time, while you're doing it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's stressful. But you do get respect from a lot of all the barbers by being in that position. No, absolutely. So someone who's, uh, you know, looking to become a barber, looking up to, uh, you know, maybe open up their own shop, what, what's what one piece of advice you can give to the to the guy who wants to, or female, whatever, wants to become a barber, and the maybe some advice for the person who wants to open up their own shop and expand? Well, to become a barber, like, just be patient with 
like having clientele because when you start you're not gonna have you're not gonna have a full book you're not gonna sure. have your chair full all the time if you're just study other barbers study your own artwork and just perfect it because just that alone would just draw attention it will draw more people and and just be like just have like a good work ethic if you're there on time if you're there every day people see that you don't even have to be the best barber in the world but if you're consistent and being at your job people always show up because they're like this person's always there he or she's always there i'm gonna go there no matter what because i'm gonna get a haircut i'm not gonna go there and like not know if they're gonna be there or on my drive there they're calling to cancel like just just have like good work ethic and just be there and um and just just be respectful to everyone just because being a barber, obviously, people open up to you. Sure. They, they, you're, you're like their psychiatrist, psychologist. Sure. You're everything, and just be respectful to people's thoughts or their trust in you. Just yeah. kind of just keep your mouth shut for the most part. They're they're just confining listen. you. Yeah. yeah, they're confining you where you just don't start drama. Don't be like, oh yeah, this person told me this, blah blah, blah and, yeah. and start just start gossiping. Yeah, and or start putting stuff on social media because you found some juicy stuff. Yeah, that's not your place. That's not your position. No, you're you're trying to make this person feel better about the about the situation they're in because it, it could be a bad one. Yeah, um, exactly. So and then becoming a business owner is like a, it's a big step. It's not easy. Obviously, patience as well. Like, be patient. Um, and same thing. Just have like the right work ethic. If your door says you're open at nine to six, open at nine to six. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of just have like that. Like when people walk in, just 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 show like your your passion your love for the business show your passion for love for them when they walk in greet them like yo what's going on hey make them feel comfortable make them feel loved make them feel important because they'll always come back like my my favorite part is when i see little kids come in dude i make them feel like rock stars you know when little kids come in they're just like they feel like they're like grown-ass men (laughs) that's Um, awesome so like in the business end and just like just do things the right way don't cheat out don't cheap out make sure you have all your bills paid make sure you're, you're pulling out all the right money to the side for everything taxes everything like yeah. make sure you do things the proper way it might suck the first four years three four years but after that it'll all pay off because it'll just like it'll 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 just unravel and and you'll be you if you do the right thing and have your business would be really really successful awesome and uh lastly how can people connect with you uh you know where you at on social media and how can they make an appointment all right, so right now my um, my app is down because they're doing an update because uh, Apple is doing the iOS 11 coming out, so they my app has to be updated and compatible to that. So sure. it's down for next week or so. Um, you can still go on um, www.miguelsriversidebarbershop.com. You can still set up an appointment that way uh, or call the barbershop um, at 215 Four five eight seven one four one. Um, you can call. We can set something up with you. Uh, and um, yeah, and then my Instagram right now at the moment it's um, uh, Miguel underscore V E L. Um, that's gonna change soon. So uh, just just keep an eye out. I'll, I'll switch it up. I'll be posting a lot more stuff. I haven't posted anything in like the past like month and a half because I just been busy with this whole transition. Um, but I'm gonna get back to it. And uh, yeah, and that's it. I mean, just just go to those outlets, and you can definitely get a hold of me, and we'll set something up, and hope to see some some new faces. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for uh, you know allowing us to come to the actual barber shop, the new spot. It's actually it's beautiful in here, it and uh, I can't wait to see uh, kind of what what's next in store, and uh, see you really get established, hiring some new people, getting some. Uh, you know, finish up furnishing the spot, and you know it's it, it's so dope in here, man. Congratulations, Thanks. and we wish you nothing but the best of luck. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, cool. So let's wrap this up with quotes from Tom Hopkins and Damon John. So yeah. Tom Hopkins says, "You are your greatest asset. Put your time, effort, and money into training, grooming, and encouraging your greatest asset." That's hilarious. Um, and then the second one is by Damon John. Good grooming is integral and impeccable style is a must. If you don't look the part, no one will want to give you time or money. 
All right, folks, True. Miguel's Riverside Barbershop. In this episode, we have a special guest, a member of the crew, and our own personal barber, Miguel A. Velez III, a.k.a. Goose. The crew discusses topics that range from hairstyles, barber competitions, and the barbershop atmosphere, small business, and fashion. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Tom Hopkins and Damon John. Thanks again for joining us. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, jimmyleevelez.com. Follow the blog. If you have any inquiries or questions you would like for us to answer on a future episode, uh, just email us at info at jimmyleevelez.com. And on behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. And until next time, adios. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Thank you for the love and support. We truly do hope you enjoyed the views.